The following is a paid program on the VOCM Big Land FM radio network. This is Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, licensed insolvency trustees. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily those of this station. Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO on VOCM. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Your Money with Nancy Snedden. I am Nancy Snedden. Thanks so much for tuning in today. The focus of today's discussion is your money. How are you managing it? Are you worried about making mistakes when it comes to your money? It's a common and shared concern for many Canadians, especially during today's economic climate and volatility. If you are among those concerned, our guest today has advice for you. She's one of the country's leading and respected authorities on personal finance. You will know her from her time as chief financial commentator on CTV News BNN. Prior to television, she was a senior VP with TD Waterhouse. She co-authored several national best-selling books, Get Real, 26 Canadian Women Share the Secret to Authentic Success, Live Well, Retire Well, Strategies for a Rich Life and a Richer Retirement and Retirement Strategies for Women, other publications include Surprise, You're Wealthy, A Woman's Guide to Protecting Her Wealth, as well as Take Charge Now, A Woman's Guide to Personal and Family. Her outstanding contribution to the profession of financial planning, she has been recognized with several awards, including in 2007 when she received the Canada's Most Powerful Woman Top 100 Award in the Trailblazers and Trendsetters category. In 2009, she was recognized for her outstanding contribution to the profession of financial planning in Canada with the Donald J. Johnson Award. And there's so much more that I could go on about, but why not let her tell you herself? Patty Lovett-Reed, welcome to your money. Well, thank you, Nancy. And I'm not talking about myself like that anymore on this show. So let's just get into it. Thank you for having me. I'm so thrilled to have you on the show. I, I know that you're going to have such great insights and advice for um, our listeners, and it's going to be welcome in the climate that we're, we're facing right now as we start, as I started to say at the top of the show. So before we get started, do you want to share more with our listeners about your background at all? Sure. Uh, let me start with the fact that I'm not an economist. I did not go to university. I started in a bank, and back then it was Bank of Montreal, uh, right out of high school. Uh, the day after I graduated, grade 12, uh, moms looked at me and said, if you don't go get a job, you got to find somewhere else to live. And I do recall with money, um, I had to pay rent right from day one. And I thought, it's only mom. Who cares? I don't have to make it on time not so fast she insisted every week on friday if i was going to live there i was going to pay that rent uh, i managed to progress through the clerical ranks at bmo and moved over to td into a management capacity uh, not because BMO didn't offer it to me. I thought and had a limiting belief that I couldn't progress because I didn't have a university degree. Uh, and once I realized, hmm, you know what, it doesn't really matter. Just go for what it is you want to go for. Uh, progress to a senior vice president level. And then I was invited to uh, be on the morning news show. Here's what I can tell you, though, about myself very quickly. I am dyslexic. So when you go into a role where you're a morning news anchor and you have to read a teleprompter, I got to tell you, it does not play to your strengths. Um, I managed <laughs> to swear. 
because not because I was going to swear, but that's what I saw in the teleprompter because that's what I read. Didn't get fired, but realized from that day forward, there would be no teleprompter. And then I went back to the bank, carved out my own niche. And then I went back to CTV in the role that you had talked about as the chief financial commentator and potentially starting a new show in uh, 2023. Oh, well, I'm excited about that. Like I was saying to you before we got started recording today that uh, I followed you for years and you've always had such great advice. Um, you've always had your your finger on the pulse of what's happening uh, in the economy from a business and investment money management uh, perspective. So really looking forward to, to chatting with you today. And of course, the focus that we have today is around money management and, and focusing on investments and making sure that you're really doing the right thing when it comes to your money and investing wisely. We want our money and therefore our net worth to grow, right? That should be everyone's goal at the end of the day. So you've written about this, right? The common money mistakes that many are making, but shouldn't. And the lessons that you've learned along the way. So let's talk about that. Letting cash sit idle, you say, is a mistake that many people make. Well, there's a difference in my, uh, from my perspective, Nancy, of sitting in cash strategically. There are many who are probably in cash right now because you've already alluded to it. The markets have been extremely volatile. The rates have been going higher. There is uncertainty as to whether or not we're headed towards a recession in 2023. And so I would argue that if you have a large sum of money to commit to the market right now, you might want to wait. On the other hand, sitting in cash purely out of fear, purely out of procrastination and not with a strategy around it, I think that can be a really quick way to destroy a financial plan. Because as you know, um, and I know you know, after taxes, after inflation, where we're at right now, you can be actually losing money. And so I always encourage people, regardless of your age or stage in life, that you do have some money in the stock market if you believe you have a five-year time horizon because there will be ups and downs, but it helps you to keep up your purchasing power. Oh, absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more on that. And we know that some people, they kind of have a sense of security when they look at their bank statements and see a large balance, right? Especially right now, considering our current sure. economy and the uncertainty that many are facing, but they could actually be making this money work for them and making money on their money. So let's yes. talk a little bit about that. Earning income, what, what do we call it? The eighth wonder of the world, earning <laughs> income on income. You know, it is one of those uh, elements where there is a certain, People, I think you used a great word. People will love looking at a big balance, but we always have to think about what does that balance do? And that money's never gonna love you back. And here is a line that my father gave me years ago. Um, as he said, as he started to accumulate wealth, he said, you don't wanna die the richest person in the graveyard. Um, so when you talk about making your money work for you, that may mean giving some to a charity where you see the benefit. It may be helping other family members so that it's not left by a, an inheritance, a legacy that way. It's a win-win. So you're, you're actually enjoying what they may be doing with some of the money that you've accumulated. You also want to have your money work for you. And so one of the most frequently asked questions I get via social media, I'm on Instagram, and I do have a focus of my Instagram on uh, 
fitness, finance, uh, family, and having some fun. And so I like answering questions on all of them, but it, it comes down to, have you sold out of your positions that you're holding in the markets? And I can tell you categorically, no, I have not. I believe in having good quality investments. I believe in a longer term time horizon. I look always for leaders in their industry. And uh, when they pay me a dividend, they're paying me to wait through this period of volatility. Now, have I added more to the market right now? No, I'm one of those people that's sort of saying, uh, I believe in dollar cost averaging. A little bit goes in every month. When I come to take money out for whatever it is I want to do with it, I take a little bit out each month because I'm not a big market timer. And that makes a lot of sense, Patty. And, you know, I, we've been talking about people with large bank balances and, you know, making that money work for them rather than having it sit there. But I think no matter what your bank balance is and what your capacity for saving is, it's still important to make sure that what you have available for investing or what you have available uh, to work for you. I mean, like you said, you've worked hard for your money. So let's have that money work hard for you. And right. some things, sometimes people don't realize um, that even a little bit of savings, even a little bit of money that you're you're putting into those investments, there's compound interest, right? Yes. So little bits go a long way. So what can you tell our listeners about that? Well, what, what we mean by it, and to the extent that you don't take out the interest or the dividend, um, you earn income on top of income. The, the mon money that you have there, um, the payment that you receive for investing that money, you then earn income on top of that income on top of that income. I think you also made a brilliant point there. People think it's about committing large sums of money or you have to be really wealthy. I have always maintained you create wealth, not by how much money you earn, but by how little you spend. If you are living below your means and you have a small amount and you start to invest, it's gonna be slow and steady wins the race. So often people will tell me, why didn't I learn this when I was in my 20s or 30s or 40s? Or on the other end of it, Nancy, people will say to me, oh, I'm in my 50s and it's too late. No, 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 it's not too late. It's never too late. So I do like the concept of earning income on top of income on top of income and take the money, you know, have it come directly out of your account. You don't miss it, small amounts and know that you can live on the rest while this works for you um, off to the side. Yeah, it's so important, right? And I, and I did want to make that distinction because I want people to understand that it's always important to be thinking about the future and putting money aside, regardless of what your capacity uh, to do that is. And we know also, Patty, that investing can be intimidating. And during this economic climate, there's even uncertainty, I think, of, amongst Canadians on what is the best investment, should they be investing or not. So we'll talk more about that when we come back. Please stay with us. Saturday morning, join us for the Irish Newfoundland Show. Send your request to irishnl at vocm.com or submit them online at vocm.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money here in VOCM. I'm Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. So before the break, we mentioned that investing can really be intimidating for people. And my guest today, Patty Lovett-Reed, Certified Financial Planner, Finance Expert, Finance Commentator, and Award-Winning Author, has a lot of great advice on why we shouldn't necessarily be intimidated by investing, right? Patty, it's about getting the right information, right? Talking to the right 
professional. But right now, we have high inflation and interest rates are rising. Higher rates can actually be a good thing though for investors because higher rates can have a positive effect on certain types of investments. So can you talk a little bit about this and, and what are the some key points that investors should keep in mind? You know, I, I do think that there is always, now let me back up, Nancy. There are always wild cards when you're investing in the market. There is always going to be an element of risk. You could have uh, geographical risk. We, we've seen that going on with the war in Ukraine. You can have pol and political risk. You can have market volatility, interest rates rising. I could give you dozens of reasons why people have told me that they're just not comfortable getting into the market. But then I would push back and say, you need to understand your risk tolerance. And I think that has two components. How much can you afford to lose? if you needed to take the money out very quickly. How much are you willing to lose? And what I mean by that is, I'm not actually saying you clock in an actual loss, but you may see it on paper. Our portfolio is down right now. I'm not happy about it. I'm not any happier than anyone else. But I also, because you and I have been talking about it, been around for decades, and I've watched things go up. I've watched them go down. I've watched the ebb and flow. And it means that you, you just have to understand that if you can stand the uh, volatility in the market and you can have that sleep factor at night, know that if you do diversify your portfolio, and I'm going to talk about that, and you have the right asset allocation aligned to you, you'll get through it. And what makes diversification work is asset allocation. I know you know this, but it's how much money you have in cash. You have in cash so that you don't have to sell out of a position when there's market uh, turmoil. You've got the money to pay your bills. Um, you've got the money to take advantage of buying opportunities. You've got money in fixed income, whether it's bonds, it could be a guaranteed investment certificate, and you've got money in the stock market. So people will go through various stages in their life. We have four I still call young children, but they're all in their 30s. Uh, and they they have been investing to accumulate wealth as since a very young age. And I said, look, I don't want this to be a negative experience for you. And I don't want you to believe your own predictive power. You get a stock right and it takes off or it's a wild card. You think, got it right this time. I'm going to get it right the next time. Maybe, but probably not. So yeah. <laughs> they've always been in, they've always been in when they started uh, growth mutual funds. And yes, there are fees, but it was a balanced approach. It allowed them to see what the top 10 holdings were, what types of investments they had, and they could contribute on a regular basis and feel good about it. And they, they've made money over the years. If you looked every quarter, maybe not. But if you look over the years, absolutely. And so it's that slow and steady by making sure that you do it on a regular basis. I'm at a very different stage than our children. We're at the stage where we're at wealth preservation. 
not wealth accumulation, because we're on the cusp of, we keep talking about retirement, but we're, we're not really. I've never been a freelancer, but now I know the hustle is very real. Uh, <laughs> but what I tell you is that, you know, we have this wealth preservation mentality, but does that mean we're not in the stock market? Absolutely not. Retirement, however you define it, and we can talk about that, um, you could spend a third of your life there. And you're still going to be plagued by higher rates or uh, inflation or volatility in the market. You still need to keep up that purchasing power. So um, maybe I take less money out of the stock market. I take a little more money out of the stock market. I'm less exposed, a little more in fixed income or fixed income type investments. And I still have cash because I want to live and I want to experience and I still may want to buy investments. So you need to know what your asset allocation will look like to who you are as an investor to where you are in life. And Nancy, I think this is so important because don't compare yourself to anyone else. If you had two 50 year olds, one may be on a second marriage with a newborn child who still has university costs ahead of them. Another one may be their children have graduated they are now looking at following their passion and getting excited about what they want to do. Um, and you might be trying to keep up with the Joneses new, next door because they have a new truck, but guess what? They may be broke. So you got, you just need to have your plan and everyone deserves a plan. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we've talked about that on the show so many times, Patty, about, you know, the impact of social media, right, on the and FOMO, right, the fear of missing out and comparing yourself to what others have and, and wanting to make sure that you're providing the same thing for your kids or that you're being able to do the same things or own the same things that others. But I have said that same thing to people is, you know, what, just because you look at someone and they have the big house and they've got all the toys and they've got a few vehicles and they go on trips doesn't mean that they're, they're successful financially, right? Because no. the bank may own all of that and they, yeah. and they may not be able to afford uh, to make all their payments and they may find themselves struggling. So you never know what's behind the curtain. So you need to live your life and, and be you and have your own plan for what fits the lifestyle that you want and make sure that to your point, you're living below your means, not beyond uh, one, of, one of the most startling and concerning things through uh, COVID and the low, low interest rate environment, and I get it, there is a tremendous amount of pent up demand. But one of the things that concerned me were report after report that I would read that Canadians were prepared to borrow, knowing that they couldn't afford to borrow and wanting something as opposed to needing something and saying they were going to go ahead and do it anyway because it was a low interest rate environment. So back to your point, that was then fast forward to today and going forward in the not too distant future as rates continue to go higher. This is um, this is an issue. No, it is absolutely. And there was we did shows on that too around um, people spending coming out of the pandemic because they had that pent up demand, right? To be out and doing things and going places and, and all that stuff. And they were willing to borrow. Now we're seeing uh, insolvency rates are starting to rise. Uh, people are struggling more and more. Um, you know, I've heard 
so many stories over the last little while about people going to refinance their mortgage and finding they can no longer afford their mortgage payment because of the the change in, in interest rate rates. So it's so, so important to make sure that you are being financially responsible and thinking through those needs versus wants and, and the affordability. We also know, Patty, that the latest Angus Reid survey that 80% of Canadians have now started trimming spending amid increased inflation. And they're making every effort to try and keep up. So more than half at 57% of Canadians have cut back on discretionary spending. Here in Atlantic Canada, that percentage is even higher at 64%. And while this may be good news, it's concerning for me that one in five at 19% are deferring and not contributing to the RRSPs and TFSAs. That's 17% in Atlantic Canada. So I know that some will say that they're struggling to get by or worried about today and they can't afford to look for tomorrow. But I'm sure you're as concerned about this as I am. And, and it's it's hard to say that that is the right decision to be making. So what advice do you have for our listeners around that? I think often what can happen is that people will think about retirement, depending on where they are at their stage in life, as way, way down the road. And way, way down the road isn't as far as you think when all of a sudden you find yourself there. And and so I do think it's about balance. I, I always say to people, I don't want you to save until it hurts, but I don't want you to spend as if there's no tomorrow because you will ultimately get there. And the argument that I often get back is, that's okay, I'll just keep working. And I say, great, as long as your health supports that, your employer supports that, the economy supports that, uh, you know, there are so many issues there that could be beyond your control. And so that is, that sure, that is a fallback position. The other fallback position where people will say to me, I don't, um, I don't need to worry about it because um, I have equity built up in my home and I can take some money out of my home. I, I now, I just in the interest of disclosure, I am the chief financial commentator for Home Equity Bank. And yes, reverse mortgages are definitely on the rise and they are definitely an option for people. And in fact, it's not a bad strategy around diversifying your portfolio, even getting it all out of there. So you could put some money in the market if you choose to, because you can't eat a bedroom. So I get if you, <laughs> if you have all of your money in the home, but then again, there's still going to be a cost associated with it. So you need to understand it. So I think more and more, if we have these conversations, people realize that ultimately one day, whether they want to retire or not, they will be faced with it. And the last thing you wanna have is um, not the lifestyle that you always dreamt of then. So I, I guess a couple of things I will throw out around the ensuring of that. Uh, I had the opportunity to uh, be involved in interviewing uh, someone who did a great re research paper. Her name is uh, Dr. Bonnie Jean McDonald, and she's with the National Aging Institute, I believe. And she indicated that what we need in retirement is an income stream. So to the extent that you can delay for as long as possible your CPP, your government pensions, they'll pay you for life at a higher amount people often think nancy that oh i'm going to i'm not going to touch my savings i'm going to draw down the government benefit earlier but what happens is you will run out of savings 
and you're still locking in the lower amount. So it's almost counterintuitive. People need to save for retirement. They need to have some money. They need to explore every single option. No, I couldn't agree with you more. And and I do hear those uh, stories often as well, Patty. And to the extent that you can leave it so that you're guaranteed that higher amount, it's really important. Well, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the dreaded R word. R word. <laughs> that's being thrown um, that's around and, and making headlines. No, it's not retirement. It's recession. So we're going to hear from Patty on that when we come back. Please stay with us. Join Brian Medore weekdays at noon for a comprehensive update on news from every corner on all levels. Newsmakers, weather and more. Join us on your VOCM at noon. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money with BDO. I'm your host, Nancy Snedden, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. Today, I'm joined by Patty Lovett-Reed. She's a certified financial planner, finance expert, finance commentator, and award-winning author. So, Patty, amid all the economic uncertainty that Canadians are facing right now, fears regarding a recession really are growing. And reviews on when we will fall into a recession really are mixed. Some economists predict by the end of the year, some are saying early 2023, and some say even later. So some economists say it will be mild, some say it will be felt uh, for some time. So what are your thoughts on this? Do you see a recession on the horizon? And if so, when? <laughs> I said I wasn't an economist. <laughs> I, I think that, uh, you know, quite frankly, rates are going higher. Uh, there, there's no question about it. Inflation is still stubbornly high. Once we, what we are still seeing, for example, uh, we're spending a lot on food prices, outrageous amounts of money. Yet people are still traveling because of pent up demand. They're drawing down on their bank accounts, even though prices for that travel is still high. These are the types of things I look at. I also look at as rates go higher, let's say let's say they hit 4% by the end of the year. The same reports that you've read, I've read, anything above a 4% bank rate will start to maybe aggressively slow down the economy. Uh, it'll certainly impact the real estate market. It'll impact those that, you know, have mortgages coming up for renewal and those that maybe hadn't moved out of variable into fixed rate types of products. But I do think that almost as whether we go into a mild recession, like a mild pullback, or we have mild growth, it still feels the same. And so I look at things on an individual basis. And I would say in what we're doing in our household, and these are the things I talk to our adult children about, you know, now is a really good time to bulk up on your savings. Just have some extra money. Um, it may mean you're not ordering food in. It may mean you're not going out. It may mean you don't take the trip that you were maybe planning right away. Let's see how this plays out. The emergency fund that we all talk about, having access to money when you need it, no one likes to have it there, but it's invaluable if you need it. I see people uh, taking on a side hustle just to ensure that there's a little bit more coming in. I'm not sure now, Nancy, is a good time to leave your job. If you do have a job and you're thinking, okay, there's there's 
a better opportunity on the horizon. There may well be, but be very clear about the potential impact of an economy slowing down on an industry that you may be going to. And so it's, it's something I just think about. So to the extent that you can recession proof your household um, debt, pay it down if you can. It gives you a little wiggle room if you have to ramp it back up. Um, this is not the time, in my opinion, to take on new debt. Uh, even if you can afford it, uh, there's an expression my mother has said to me and still says to me at almost 90, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I, and I do think this is a great opportunity to try to help others um, and to give back uh, either financially, give of yourself, is when communities come together. We are definitely in a bumpy patch and some are gonna be hurt far more than others. And to the extent that you help, you can help, I think you should. No, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I mean, humanity at the end of the day is is helping each other right where we can. And it's so important that we get back to that sort of core value um, yeah. with being able to do that. And I think, you know, you make a good point in just because you can doesn't mean you should. And I give that advice to people all the time. Just because your bank's approved you for X mortgage right. doesn't mean that's the, the cost of the house you should be looking for, right? And just because your bank is offering you an increase in your credit card balance, it doesn't mean that you should accept it. In fact, you can call them and say thanks, but no thanks, right? Yeah. And, and I always preach that because it's easy when it's available and and something happens um you know where your finances are going down or you want to take that trip and you've got that limit availability to use it um but you should always be thinking am i going to be able to repay this at the end of the month or in in the next three months at, at sort of the maximum term and i remember um talking with my niece she's in her early 20s and she was asking me about advice around credit and savings and all that and and a few months later she said and Nance, I need to tell you that um, I got a notice saying that they were going to increase my credit limit. And I told them I didn't need it. And I went, yes. Uh -huh. <laughs> She's listening. <laughs> on the other end of it, because we may have some small business owners listening, uh, large business owners listening. The economy needs those who can afford to spend to spend. Spend. And mm -hmm. I, think, I think it's very important um, to continue to support to the extent that you can. You don't have to single-handedly prop up the economy. You can do it in a responsible way. But if I can afford, if I can afford to shop local and to support local, you bet I'm going to. Because I want to see these small businesses that have been through so much during COVID survive. So not everyone is going to shut everything down. Um, they, it's, about, it's about knowing your household. Here's what I have found. Those who are really, really rich, 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 what do they do differently than the rest of us? They are razor sharp on their numbers razor sharp. They know how much money they have coming in. They know what it is they're spending their money on. And they know where they're invested, what their money's invested in. They know what the rates they're being charged. So, um, and they know ways to get around paying, uh, you know, less in taxes, legitimately. I'm not talking tax evasion or avoidance. <laughs> I'm talking about appropriate tax planning. 
And that to me makes all kinds of sense. So if we can learn something from those who are really, really rich, it's, I say it all the time, know your numbers. So when you decide on a Friday night, I've had it, I'm not cooking, we are ordering pizza and we're okay to do that. That's a very liberating thing. It's very different than I'm gonna default because I don't care about it. I don't care how much it costs. You know what I'm saying. No, absolutely I do. And you know, to your point, it's important to know your numbers so that you can plan for a recession when it comes. I think everyone will agree it's coming. It's just up in the air on, on how long it will last and, and when it's actually going to hit a little bit, depending on who uh, we're talking to. But the government says that they think it's going to be a soft landing. Of course. <laughs> so, right? Yeah. Uh, so do you think that it will be longer or do you think it will be more financially painful than that? Truthfully, um, and this is, this is just me looking at the numbers, for so long, both the Fed in the US and the Bank of Canada Governor, Tip Macklem, talked about uh, inflation being transitory. In other words, it was just gonna be temporary. And then it changed from temporary to being very, very sticky. And you can say there are a whole host of reasons for it. It can be the war in Ukraine, supply chain challenges, uh, pent up demand people. We had a housing market that was on fire. And by the way, keeping rates very low for a housing market uh, really did help us get through uh, the pandemic better than we may have gotten through. Because it's not just about real estate being on fire, but it's all the knock-on that you spend and, and the amount that it contributed to the economy. So the in my opinion, the intended consequences of keeping rates low, telegraphing them, did what we needed at the time. We're also getting the same sort of telegraph that, okay, we have to clamp down. We have to beat inflation down and we're not there. And the problem with doing that, Nancy, is, and of course, economists will tell you it can't happen overnight. It didn't hit this level overnight and it's not going to be tamed overnight. The numbers that you look at is not going to be food and energy because those are uh, the volatile components that can be impacted by external things such as supply chain or the war in Ukraine. You look at the core inflation number, which is at about 5.3. Uh, it actually may have come down just a, a, a little bit recently because this is where people will will spend even though it gets really expensive. And until they stop doing that, um, you know, companies keep their prices high. Here's the example I'll use. If you go in for a designer coffee, you know what I mean? They cost five, six dollars and that's your splurge and you're continuing to prepare to spend that much money on a coffee. The coffee provider will keep those prices there because you keep coming in and buying. But eventually the consumer is going to say, you know what, this is crazy. I'm going to make my coffee at home. And they do. And all of a sudden, the company's not making the profits, which is why we see volatility in the market. And so they have to say, well, you know what? We can't pass along these higher costs. We have to bring them down. And that's how you start to see inflation getting under control. It's when consumers finally say, I'm, I can't do this anymore. It's just yeah. too expensive. And so I think the Fed will keep, or at the Bank of Canada as well, will keep raising rates because it's just not quite painful enough yet, but it will get painful. 
That's a great perspective and some great advice. So we have more financial advice with Patty when we come back. Please stay with us. Weekday mornings from 530 to 9. Jumpstart your day with Jerry Lynn Mackey and Ben Murphy. Newsmakers, traffic, weather, and more during your VOCM morning show. Welcome back. You're listening to Your Money. I'm your host, Nancy Sneddon, Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO Canada here in Newfoundland and Labrador. My guest today is Patty Lovett-Reed. She's a certified financial planner, finance expert, finance commentator, and award-winning author. Patty, it's really been a pleasure talking with you today, and I know we focused a lot today on investment advice, but I do want to shift our focus a little bit now and speak in more general terms. So, you share your financial expertise with a wider audience all the time. And we know there's a lot of uncertainty right now and some concerning trends are emerging. Increased household debt is key among them. So the latest data in Q2 from StatsCan shows Canadians are sliding deeper into debt. The household debt ratio climbed to 1.82% in the second quarter of this year. So what that means is that the average Canadian owes almost $1.82 for every dollar of disposable income. That's so scary to me. And I can think back just a few years ago where we were, you know, worried about that number was at a dollar seventy-four. Mm-hmm. And now it's at a dollar eighty-two. It's just it keep, continues to rise. And the recent Equifax Canada Market Pulse quarterly credit trends report shows that more Canadians are turning to credit to make ends meet during this time of high inflation. We talked about that a little bit earlier in the show. And not only are they taking on more credit card debt. They're carrying higher balances longer, and we are starting to see delinquencies increase as well, so meaning that they're not making their payments as they come due. A poll a couple of weeks back by Finder.com reported that 7 million Canadians confessed to taking out loans in order to cover the rising cost of living. The survey shows that while most Canadians at 57% say they have reduced discretionary spending, nearly half at 43% have deferred big ticket purchases or putting off travel. And one quarter at 24% have taken on more debt to pay living costs such as food, gas, and housing. The top reasons for taking on debt, one third at 36% say it was to cover bills. One quarter at 24% say it was to consolidate existing debt. And one in five at 19% took on debt to cover bills and living expenses due to a job lost. So I've thrown a lot of numbers out there. Patty, how concerned are you about these statistics? No, I'm very concerned about them. I think they are alarming. It shows uh, the financial, um, I guess, feeling that people have that things are out of control and they are spiraling out of control. And what also happens that I often worry about is not only the fact that financially they're struggling, but the mental health impact this has, because that escalates along with it. No one carries this amount of debt and worries about putting food on the table without it having a corresponding impact on their health. I also will see when I've I've looked at almost all of those reports in a fair amount of detail, and one of the areas that really alarmed me are seniors. 
and seniors who are on a fixed income, they are probably going to be hurt the most mm -hmm. because they don't have that ability to go out and earn more, or they may already be living very close to the margin. And here's what happens. Uh, and you may see it with a family member or a relative or somebody that you know, all of a sudden they start to cancel gym memberships, which was a form of socialization. They will no longer go to their grandchildren's birthday party because they simply can't afford to take a gift and they don't want to be embarrassed by it. They don't socialize with friends because they can't afford it because there would be some sort of cost associated with it. Even if it's going out for in the previous segment, we talked about a coffee. There just isn't that financial wiggle room. And so I do think that um, this is alarming overall, but we need to be really careful with certain demographics. But I also think there is no shame in talking about it. And uh, I'm very familiar with where you work. And um, I think it's a great, a gra and I, I know you're not asking me to plug it, but I do think that when you have a professional, when you say, financially, I'm in trouble and I don't know what options I have available to me. Um, the relief is almost immediate that they are sharing the burden, but more importantly, they're coming up with a plan. And you know, it may mean stopping at the interest clock. It may mean delaying a mortgage payment. It may mean creating a strategy where you talk to all of your creditors and say, I'm not trying to abandon what I owe, but I need to get through this. Uh, it's tough, it is very tough, but you need to stop the spending immediately. You need to shut down uh, the credit cards. I also think for those who maybe aren't at that point, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with, in my opinion, in a short-term scenario, putting something on a credit card. If you need to get by and it's short term and you know that there is light at the end of a tunnel, um, that may be your form of an emergency fund. I think that you do need to talk to family if you are in a difficult situation. Maybe they can help. It's not their responsibility. So if they say no, you need to understand. You may not know their whole financial picture. But my point is it's time to ask for help. No, I couldn't agree more. And I can't tell you how many people, once they come and sit with us, you can you can physically see yeah. that financial stress has been lifted, right? Their shoulders drop. They may cry and say, thank you. I'm, this is, it's so overwhelming that they have found this um, solution yeah. and they didn't realize how easy it would be to get some help regardless of what that advice and, and that help is. And it's going to be customized. Do mm -hmm. you can control what you can control? And that's to stop spending. That's to stop accumulating more debt. And then, but then Nancy, every option has to be on the table. You may have a home that you simply can't afford. I, I can tell you early on in our life, we bought our dream home. And I looked at my husband one day and I said, this is crazy. Too much of our money is going to that mortgage payment. We have four children to raise. And as much as I hate to do it, we got to sell this house. And we did. Now, looking back on it, we thought ah, it was probably premature. But in that moment, you make the tough decisions that you need to to get through. It doesn't mean it will always be like that, but you need to address every option. No, absolutely. And, and that's what 
talking to a professional is all about, right? Laying out the options so that you can make a well-informed decision. We say all the time on the show, knowledge is power, right? Is. And you, you need to have that knowledge to know that you have options available and be able to decide on what option is gonna work best for you. Well, Patty, we just have a couple of minutes left. I can't tell you how great it's been to have you on the show today and, and to get your advice for our listeners. But if you could leave them with a final thought, what would it be? All right, we've talked a lot about saving money, tucking it away, preparing yourself for a recession. The best piece of advice I actually received from someone at my mother-in-law's funeral. And the woman came up and she said, are you open to some feedback? And I said, always. And I believe I was in my 40s at the time. And she said, your golden years are right now. And I said, my what? And she said, they're right now. And she said, no one knows how long they have. So live your life to its absolute fullest every day. Have some balance because when you get your financial house in order, which is what I think your show's all about, mm-hmm. it frees you up to do all the things that give your life more balance and more meaning. So it's not an either or. You want financial flexibility, but you also need and should live your best life. Absolutely. I live by that motto. I I give that motto to uh, all my friends and family. You know, you need to live for today, right? And you need to make sure that you're you're living your life. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's been a, a... a real joy having you on the show today for listeners who want to talk some more maybe want to connect to get some more advice what's the best way for them to do that uh probably a direct message i am on instagram i am verified it's got the little blue check mark apparently according to my daughter that's a big deal uh it's <laughs> p-a-t-t-i-e and it's underscore love it read and it's just one word l-o-v-e-t-t-r-e-i-d Nancy, thank you so much for having me. I, I've really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, me too. It's, it's, it truly was a joy to have you. And, and you know, I always love how you put um, your advice and great perspective for people that they can really take in and um, digest, right? It's not something that they're, they're not understanding or, or not sure where you're going. So, uh, again, thanks for being on today. Thank you. And for our listeners out there, if you have a comment or question or topic that you'd like me to discuss here on Your Money, you can email me at yourmoney@bdo.ca or give me a call at 800-563-8337. Until next week, I'm Nancy Snedden. Stay safe and be well, everyone. If you have a question or comment for Your Money, send an email to yourmoney@bdo.ca. This has been Your Money with Nancy Snedden of BDO, Licensed Insolvency Trustees on VOCM. The proceeding was a paid program on the VOCM Big Land FM radio network.